Welcome to the Jeff Reinbold Show. I am in beautiful Hawaii, if you might notice in the back. That's not a green screen. That is my backyard leading right to the ocean. We have Mike McQuaid joins us from Northern Ireland. And Ali Hodgkinson, our draft guru, is in the UK. We're all together, and we are talking about one of the positions in the draft this week that is the deepest and most talented and can be the most impactful because when you talk to pro coaches now, one of the things you look for and one of the things you feel like you got to have if you're going to play defense anymore in the National Football League is you got to have edge rushers, guys that can get to the passer, and there is a deep and talented class. You need pass rushers. You came to the right store because Ali has got a stack of them for you. So let's get with it. Mike, great intro. I just want to say that, you know, I appreciate the sound, you know, the intro. Uh, next time, if you could get me, I like the beat, uh, but if if uh, big every time you give me a little BET, that'd be good. Uh, you know, John. Cruz. How is this? How is this? Yeah. I'm not hearing it. You like You're not hearing it? I'm not, no, I'm not hearing it. It's cool. How is this? B is cool, man. Here we go. What are you guys keeping a secret? I can't hear it. Oh, you, everybody's, not, everybody's not. Hey, listen, I don't want to. I don't want to be like a gangbanger, you know, driving around in my lower deal. I'm looking for something big every time. Give me a little Hawaiian lead. You gotta- I will try my best. I, I will. I'll, I'll do it for Sunday night for the people's draft. Jeff, just before you and Ollie talk about the draft, I just for people listening on the podcast, it's Monday night. Um, Jeff, what's going to happen first? Is the draft going to happen or are Leeds going to be, be relegated because they got absolutely destroyed tonight against right. Liverpool? Fred Flunk, so. just out of the way right real quick. Fred Flunk, your team's got no chance today because <laughs> Leeds has their back up against the wall and I know that they always will respond when their back is up against the wall. So all I'm going to say is march on together. We all love Leeds. Jeff, they lost um, 6-1 against Liverpool today. Get out. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> I'm only joking. I'm only joking. But yeah, it's, look, Sunday night, it's going to be a crack. Seven o'clock, um, our time, or well, my time, Ollie's time. I mean, Ollie, God knows what time it is in Hawaii. I mean, Jesus, it could be any time. Let's be honest here. Time in um, thanks to everyone that's uh, hey. took part so far as well. How about, the, how about the response we had last week to the duo podcast? between us and you guys at Pro Football Ireland. Outstanding, well over 5,000 views, listens, um, and that's just on one format. It's just on one format. So obviously, love it. Get your calls, your takes, your rants, all of that in, because very few, very few people get the opportunity to ask a question of our draft guru, Ali Hodgkinson, and he will talk to you in detail about just about any player in the draft. Ali, I got to ask you this question because I, I, J- Daniel Jeremiah tweeted something out today and I, I thought about you when he tweeted. He goes, you know what time it is when you wake up in a cold sweat nightmare and a tight end from from a power five school has got picked that you didn't even rate has getting gotten picked in the first round of the draft. And you're and you have to come on it, comment on it. Do you feel the same way? Well, I mean, luckily for me, I don't. Well, I say luckily for me, 
I don't have quite the level of uh, responsibility and respect that Je Daniel Jeremiah has. Whoa, wait a second now. You are going to analyze the choices on the people's draft. That's way bigger than anything Daniel Jeremiah does for NFL Network. Are you kidding me? I take that responsibility extremely seriously as well, Jeff. Um, the uh, <laughs> and and to be fair, I don't have the same level as research team behind me as Daniel Jeremiah does. If that sort of situation does occur, where there's a tight end that no one's ever heard of gets drafted in the first round, so I mean, it's, it's one of them. It's one of them. All right, take your take your uh, teal colored. Chanticleer's Coastal Carolina Chanticleer's hat on, hat off. Put your Jeff Rambo show hat on and let's go edge rushers. Let's talk about them. Who you like? Well, I think you can't. Well, I don't think you can look at this class and you can look past Alabama Edge, Will Anderson Jr. as the top guy in this class. I know there's been some there's been some contentious mock drafts where they've had Will Anderson fall behind at least one other edge rusher in this class. But I think as you look at it for me, I, I don't think there is a better guy to have rushing the passer for your team from the 2023 NFL draft class than Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama. We've talked about on this this show multiple times about production and what college production means as it pertains to the NFL draft. And I know it's something that you're particularly keen on um, as a, not as a, a nece not necessarily as a, as a be all and end all of the evaluation process, but if a guy hasn't been productive in college, how do you expect him to be productive in the NFL? And we talked about Trayvon Walker and his production in his first year at the Jacksonville Jaguars compared to Aiden Hutchinson and, and how their college production and their NFL first season production are aligned. You're not going to find many players in this 2023 NFL draft class who have been as productive at the college level throughout their career as Will Anderson Jr. You're looking at a kid who 2021 season had 101 tackles, 31 tackles for loss, 17 and a half sacks. He, he, building on that last season was almost an impossible task. And, and Will Anderson was kind of viewed as a guy who was disappointing by some people this season because he only got 17 tackles for loss and he only got 10 sacks. But like, this is, this is a kid who the production is there. Then you turn on the tape and you look at a kid who's exceptionally powerful for a kid who is something somewhat smaller as an edge rusher, he's not a big guy. We're going to talk about some big guys at the defensive end position a little bit later on. He's not he's not big, but for his size, he's extremely powerful. Showcases impressive hand usage. He's got the ability to bend around the edge. He can attack the interior. He's got the length um, to be successful at the NFL level to, to really get into um, opposition offensive linemen. He sets the edge in the run game with a solid anchor. He's a QB hunter, and this is what you want. We talk about pass rushes. Yes, edge players have to be involved and active and successful as, as um, components in the run game, but they're called edge rushes for a reason. It's because you want to see these guys rushing the quarterback, and there isn't a better pass rusher in this class for me than Will Anderson. Um, is there some areas that you would call concerning on his tape? Of course there is. He's not completely polished, same as any prospect that comes out of a college level. Um, you, you watch him against some of the bigger, more powerful offensive tackles that he's faced. We talked about Darnell Wright on this mm -hmm. um, show a 
couple of three, four weeks ago. He had his struggles against Darnell Wright, who is a big, long, powerful offensive tackle, and Will Anderson had his struggles against him. But you know, there, there's not many guys who didn't struggle against Darnell Wright. You're not going to be every single snap of every single game be able to dominate every single opponent, even at the college level, even some of the greatest pass rushes that we've seen. They don't have, you know, 100% game week in, week out. So I, I think Will Anderson, for me, if it wasn't for the fact that there is two quarterback needed teams picking at one and two, I think Will Anderson would be a hot shot for the, the, for the first overall pick in this class. I, I agree with you. I love the kid. I love you. And you hit on a word and, and like you say, it's something that, you know, I hang my hat on and have for every year I've ever evaluated players is does the guy produce, is he a productive football player? You're looking at 34 and a half tackles for loss in his college career. You're looking at 24 and a half sacks, 150 total tackles at Alabama. Those are, those are shocking numbers for an edge player because when you play on the edge as opposed to in the middle as a linebacker, really teams can scheme away from you, right? Which I'm sure they do. He's going to get chipped. He, he played for Nick Saban. He played defense at Alabama. That means to me, this is not a one-trick pony. This kid can process information. He's going to be a guy that has, I think, a big ceiling. I know there are people who feel like you that that he's a little bit undersized, but I'm going to tell you something. I just love what I see when I put that kid's tape on, and I think Will Will Anderson is uh, a guy that you can make a cornerstone of your defense very very early. If he can go someplace, if he if he can go someplace. Wait a second, my dog is just gone nuts. Here. Um, we got somebody. Turning around in the driveway. Uh, we're gonna have to cut this. Jeff. Jeff. Hold on. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. The lady's coming to clean the house. I can't. What do I got? This. This is amazing studio. content. Like I, I actually yeah. thought to myself off off stream. Is it safe to boil the cattle right now? And I thought, yeah. It is. <laughs> and then the dog. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm. I'm happy just to. Yeah. Okay. Happy days, Ollie. Um, while while we wait on Jeff to come back, um, can you hear the cattle? Is it okay in the back? Only, only a little bit. Not as loud as Jeff's dog. I really didn't realize Jeff's dog had such a strong opinion on Will Anderson Jr. To be honest, but he seems absolutely. <laughs> he seems. He seems absolutely furious that he's the number one edge on my board, which you know, he can't. Can't. Uh, he can't impress them all. Or any. There's. Um, there's a TikTok reel there, right there, or the, and like the Twitter reel for the next week, the whole Will Anderson thing, and then the whole dog, and then we'll just we'll just go from there. Um, to tempt fate, in the hope that Jeff does get back in the next thirty seconds, uh, if you've got Will Anderson at number one, who, who have you got number two, mate? Uh, so the second, my second rank edge rusher is um, Texas Tech's Tyree Wilson. Um, almost. I don't want to say almost the opposite because we talk about Will Anderson being a little bit on the smaller side. Tyree Wilson puts the big into big defensive hands, six foot six, two hundred seventy-one pound, long arms, big hands. Didn't test um, in this cycle at the NFL Combine because of um, surgery, and was told he couldn't sweat, so it's keep him away from certain members of the royal family. Um, they. Um, 
so he didn't test. He didn't test through the um, through the NFL combine process. Where's Michael gone? See, he got bored listening to him about Tyree Wilson. Uh, I think you're bored. I'm, try- I'm trying to get the setup right. Ty- Ty- Tyree Wilson, Jeff, is a number two pick. I'm presuming that your dog is not a fan of the first pick, no? No, and actually, um, I, if you want to leave the dog barking in there, I'll take it yeah. from right there. Yeah. I think it's quality content, Jeff. I, I I think it needs to be in the podcast, personally. All right. Now, you... Are you ready? Yeah. We're born ready. Now, what you just heard was my dog, Duke. And Duke is a dog, right? And dogs love Georgia because they're the bulldogs. Ugga, new uh, We just got a new Ugga this past week. The last Ugga that just retired. The winningest dog in Georgia football history. And when you start talking about Alabama players, I got to take the dog off the lanai and put him in the house because he's going to protest everything. I agree with you, Ali. I think this kid is a tremendous player. And I love the Alabama kids. I think they get coached hard. They taught accountability. They process information. They, I mean, there are a lot of reasons to like this guy. Um, I think he's a guy – if he's lucky, he goes to a place like Buffalo, for example. I don't think he's going to nearly be on the on the, you know, the way the draft is right now. He'll be available to Buffalo unless they trade up to get him. But I, I think about him learning from Vaughn Miller, right? I would love to see this kid in that kind of a situation where he can learn from a one of the best because when you do watch him, I think one of the areas he needs to improve is the, you know, he beats guys right now just on sheer athletic ability a lot of times. And we talked about how he struggled against Tennessee a little bit. I think he just needs to refine his game. He needs more technique. He needs to, you know, improve his repertoire moves. But I'm telling you, if you draft Will Anderson, you're going to be happy at the end of the day. Who you got second? Yeah, I was just saying to Michael, the the next guy up on my list is almost the opposite in terms of a, a size um Mismatch at the edge position. Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech, six foot six, two hundred seventy-one pounds. Kind of puts the big into big defensive end, long arms. And uh, we're just saying he didn't test at the NFL Combine. He's just coming off a of surgery. Um, but this is a kid again with produ- production on his resume. Um, consecutive seasons with double-digit tackles for loss, seven sacks in each season. Um, f- out of a kid who, for a lot of people, is a a project in the same way that Trayvon Walker was last year. He's a size, length, threat, ridiculous, ludicrous uh, ability to generate power on contact, great play strength, converts speed to power exceptionally well. For a big guy, he's got pretty decent bend for his size, pretty decent ankle flexion, and he can play conceivably he can play anywhere from three tech out to wide nine with the athletic capability and the size that he possesses. I think that's one of the things with Tyree Wilson. This is a guy you can be, if you're a, a defense that likes to be multiple with your fronts, if you like to disguise your scheme, Tyree Wilson is a guy you can kind of put on there and he can wreak havoc from, from anywhere. Um, he's He's been in mock draft above Will Anderson. I don't see that. Um, I don't think he possesses a particular elite change of direction. Because of his size, he sometimes plays a little too high. The pad level's too high. Attacks block's too high. Um, and he does need to improve his, his handwork. He kind of relies solely on power at this moment in time. There's not a great deal of finesse to his game. Um, 
but Tyree Wilson is a, a kid who he's got all the um all the physical tools, all the athletic tools that you could see him succeed at the NFL level. I, I tell you what, you know how we as coaches and you guys as, as personnel guys too love to make like player comparisons, right? And when I watched this kid on tape, it reminded he reminded me of the Marcus Ware when he was coming out of Troy because he's almost a, like you do view him as a tweener. Is he a hand down defensive end? What is he? Well, I think this is, again, where a scheme fit is so vitally important and where a guy can really, really start to, I mean, you, this is a kid that has, you know, stand up outside linebacker athletic ability. In my opinion, he's also got the ability to put his hand on the ground and be a bull. It, which was, again, what DeMarcus was so amazing at, right? And, you know, again, where he goes, this kid, I think, has all of the earmarkings of a great one. Now, there are some questions, you know, like you've mentioned. But, again, we're talking about a guy when you put on – when you snap on the tape, you don't have to look hard for him because he's going to be there every snap. And I love the way he plays hard, physical football. I love that. Who you got third? Uh, so third up, we've got another big-ish size, speed, power threat, and that's Miles Murphy out of Clemson. Clemson has become a, a program that has produced highly productive, high-quality defensive ends. There's had some misses like Cleland Forrell at the Las Vegas Raiders a few drafts ago, but on the whole, this is a, a program that produces elite defensive linemen, and Miles Murphy certainly falls into that category. Kid clocks in at 6'5", 268 pounds. Again, decent length, 33 and three-quarter inch arms. Again, double-digit tackles for loss in each of his three seasons. He's played three years at Clemson double-digit tackles for loss in all three of them. Racked up six forced fumbles over his career at Clemson as well. Shows his ability to be disruptive, to really force the ball. Um, and this is what you get with Miles Murphy. He's going to bulldoze his way through you. He's going to beat you with power. He's going to beat you with strength. He has got some finesse to his game as well. There's some spin moves there. There's some rip moves there. There's some in, some for his size. There's some great athleticism. You saw his pro day numbers. If you if you saw his pro day numbers, didn't test at the NFL Combine. Tested at a, a private pro day at Clemson and put out absolutely insane numbers. Now, obviously, you have to be a little bit careful with um, college program timed pro day numbers. There's always a little bit of room for sexing them up a little bit, but. It's kind of what you expect when you look at the tape for Miles Murphy. It's for his size, incredible athletic. For his size, incredibly bursty, incredibly ex explosive. His acceleration is great. The lateral quickness that they're causing havoc, stunts, twists is, is impressive. The only thing that you, you look at is this is a kid who's got all those double-digit tackle for lost seasons, but not quite the same sack production. Is he a finisher? Can he be a finisher at the NFL level? Um, and at the moment, we talked about he's got some finesse in his armory, but he's pre but predominantly a, a power-only guy. He's just going to walk through you, and he needs to develop a little bit more if he's going to be productive at the NFL level. But I think you look at you look at the 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 size, speed, power, threat that Miles Murphy brings. I think he's a slam dunk third edge for me in this class. You know, he's interesting to me for the same reason. Uh, you know, obviously, he's going to get great 
coaching wherever he goes. He's got to develop as a player. You know, it's interesting with the Clemson guys. You know, we talk about Clemson players at every level of the draft. And this is a team that, that you know, where were they in the national playoffs? Where were they? I mean, it's just kind of crazy to me, but that's topic for another day. But when we talk about him, I think he's a guy that gives you some position flexibility, Ollie. I think he's a guy that when you go to your sub packages and you want to, you know, put him down in the three and just let him rush down in there, when he gets the, when he gets a better feel for pass rushing, you know, I, I, pass rushing is, is a skill, right? And it's a skill that has to be taught and it has to be worked on. And, uh, and there's some guys that do it just innately, but this is not that guy. And I think he will, he can become a great pass rusher particularly when you put him down a three and just tell him get home right he's going to learn like all of them do that when you get to the next level they can all anchor they're not you're not going to just take the kid from you know i don't know east carolina and just sit him in the quarterback's pocket you know i mean these guys are big men they're grown they're you know 28 years old they've been in the weight room six more years and all that stuff He'll learn and he'll adapt, and I think he's going to have a good career. Um, let me ask you about this one next, okay? Talk to me about Luke Van Ness from from Iowa. Just before we move on to Luke Van Ness as well, you, you mentioned the, the the versatility with with Miles Murphy for a kid that's a big lad as well. He, he he's got some ability to drop back into coverage as well, drop back into the flat, and that just you know that adds to to his value. <laughs> That's a lot of space taken up in the flat. That's a big man. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a big man. He's a big man. Um, Lucas Van Ness. Let's talk about him because this is a kid who never started a game for Iowa, which is a a deceptive statistic that gets thrown around a lot. Because yes, he never started a game, but he did see plenty of snaps for Iowa. But he never started a game for the Hawkeyes. Nonetheless, still managed double digit tackles for loss this season. Six sacks. 37 tackles, not barnstorming production um, by any stretch of the imagination. But this is, again, another big guy, kind of similar to a guy that came out of the Big Ten last year in um, the Purdue's Grecian Goliath, um, George Kaloftis, six foot five, 272 pounds, big arms, 34-inch arms, big hands, 11-inch hands, incredible athlete, 458 dash, 164 10 split, 31-inch vert, did some some crazy numbers at the combine for a big dude and he's your typical 4-3 defensive end size length power the force on contact when we talk about some of the power generation from the guys that we've just talked about i don't think i've seen anyone produce the on contact shock the power generation that lucas van ness you watched a game against ohio state paris johnson jr we talked about him in our offensive tackle show my top ranked comfortably top ranked offensive tackle in the class lucas van ness twitched him with the end of his finger and paris johnson was right back 30 yards behind that's the sort of level of power that lucas van ness generates out of his hands he's a force on contact i think unlike anyone else in in the class and he does it not just with not just with sheer hand violence, hand power. There's you break you break down the the strike, pad level, hip explosion, the the arm extension. It's almost at times with Lucas Van Ness, it's almost textbook power rushing from a defensive end position. And for a big kid, he's he's got decent ankle. Um, excuse me, <clears throat> decent uh, agility and, and decent flexibility. Um, he can. 
drive with motor, he can drive with lower leg drive. Um, but he's a straight to the quarterback, knock you down on your feet, knock you down on your arse even, no, no, knock you down on your feet um, and walk straight through you. And, and like some of the guys we've talked about, there's a developed pass rush plan that isn't going to need to come at the next level with Lucas Van Ness to have sustained NFL success. The plan, the pass rush toolbox, all is going to need to be inserted with him. But that foundation, that power foundation, the size, that's going to prove alluring for it, for NFL draft uh, teams in the NFL draft. And he, he's going to be a first-round guy, despite having never started a game at the college football level, which, again, it's a deceptive stat, but it makes for a fantastic story. Yeah, and I, I think I think the fact he spent his college career at Iowa is a plus. You know, I had an offensive line coach, John Masco, who was the offensive line coach of Carolina when they went to the uh, Super Bowl. And, I, and we we're at the Super Bowl, and I sat down with John, and I've known him for years and years. And we talked about offensive linemen, you know, where do you, they obviously because they ran the ball. And he said, where, where, I said, where are you getting your offensive linemen? He said, I look really hard at the places where they do what, NFL offensive linemen have to do the power running game at Notre Dame at Michigan state at Stanford at that time places where they just don't pass block 75% of the game and nobody works on any kind of zone scheme or tag scheme or, you know, backside cutoff and all the things that guys got to do. I think Lucas Van Ness, because he played at Iowa gets bonus points in my book, especially at Iowa because Iowa defensive players are typically very, very sound football players he's got to grow i agree with you but i like lucas van ness you got any other big edge guys that you like i i have not in my so my top five rounded out by a smaller guy and we'll get to him in a minute but i think if you look at the um big guys you can't look much further past um usc's tuli tua pelotu whose name i probably butchered in pronunciation and um, but this is a kid who has played all over the line at USC. You talk about production. There was not many more productive, more more productive players in college football than Tuli Tua Pelotu last season. Um, his um, ability to play off the edge and interior obviously makes him a um, versatile and therefore valuable weapon. He measured in a little bit smaller at the NFL Combine than a lot of people were expecting. USC um, listed him at six foot two, six four, two hundred ninety pounds, and he, he came in somewhere in the mid two sixties. Um, which is, you know, we, we've seen. To be fair, we've seen a few of them. You look at um, Saika Ika at. Um, Baylor, who was a three fifty eight, I think Baylor listed him out, and he came in at three thirty three. So there were some guys with massive deviations. When you look at Tuli Tuipelotu, whether he measures two sixty or two ninety, this is a kid who moves with incredible fluidity, incredible first step. The foot speed is good, the explosion is good. His ability to just get after, pin his ears back, and get after the quarterback, play strong in the run as well. Um, as a as a big guy, he's he doesn't get the. For me, I feel like there isn't a large amount of national recognition and a lot of draft hype for Tuli to apply to. I, I I would be surprised to see him last beyond the second round based on that production, based on that skill set that he possesses. I think your question mark is what is he at the at the NFL level? Um, I think the, the weighing in at 260 and a half or whatever it was, 266, I think that answers some of those questions. Because when you think about a guy who's six foot 290, you're thinking a guy who's playing on the interior of a defensive front. Well, there ain't too many guys at 260 playing anywhere near the interior of a defensive front in, in the NFL. So I think those question marks have been 
kind of cleared up a little bit. But yeah, he's a he's a big guy that I really really like. Yeah, yeah. I, again, same thing. I feel really strongly about this kid. Uh, there's a position flexibility thing. Like player, I'd say Maatana Vasa, who played for the Broncos and on their Super Bowl team and led them in sacks, could play anywhere from three to five to four I all the way out to the edge if he had to. Uh, I think he will grow into being a, you know, hit 290 guy like we're talking about. I certainly like that part of his game. I want to, I want to, let's finish the edge this way if we can. And, you know, if you're a three, four guy like I am, you want that edge guy that can not only rush the passer, but he can drop into coverage. And there's some interesting characters, right, in this class, uh, one of which really the stock really went down after the after the all-star games and then the combine. Uh, and that's Andre Carter out of army who I, I think, you know, is 15 and a half sacks as a senior, you know, making a guy you're going to have to look at, but there were concerns after the all-star games about his ability to play against better players week in and week out. And then also, I don't think he tested particularly good. Uh, a guy I like, is Nick Herbig at Wisconsin. He's going to have to be a will backer in the 3-4, maybe even an off-the-back inside because he's just at 6'1", 228. I, I just don't know how he's going to handle those big tackles. But, you know, he's a 4-5 guy that that you look at his college production at Wisconsin and in a unique scheme that used his skills, he was a highly productive player. There's an international kid that's kind of a – cool story and Habakkuk Baldonado at Pitt a guy who has played only five years of football Italian kid at Pitt I think he's 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 got a future because you watch him play he's he's a damn good football player a former MMA fighter as well, just to add a little bit of uh, extra sauce into Abacook Maldonado's backstory. A f- former MMA fighter in Italy, you can't you can't even make it. Andre Carr is make sorry, off a little more picante there, baby. <laughs> Andre Carr is. Yeah, I'm glad you bring up Andre Carr because he's a fascinating story. This is a kid who um, received early first round like hype. In the um, in the beginnings of the cycle, because he was very productive at Army, looked like a man amongst boys on on tape playing for Army because he's this big, tall, lanky, upright pass rusher with clear athletic capability. You mentioned his test; he didn't test very well um, through this pre-draft process. He did kind of struggle in the All Star games, um, but he's clearly got for, for his size. He's clearly got some um, some athletic capability. Six foot six, two hundred and fifty six. Um, pounds and um, long-limbed pass rusher who showed some flexibility on his tape. Um, but the problem with Andre Carter is, other than you know his 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 struggles in the pre-draft process, is what's going to happen when he goes to the NFL because he'll have to play the eligibility waiver system when you play at Army is notoriously more difficult to get into the NFL than any of Navy, the other. Maybe yeah, any of the other. Any of the other service academies, army is traditionally harder. Now they have they've tweaked some of the regulations and legislation because at one point in this cycle, it looked like he wouldn't even be able to make an eligibility waiver claim. So he's still got that potential to actually go out there and, and suit up for a, an NFL team. It just feels like there's a lot of insurmountable odds for Andre Carr to be 
the 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 draft selection selected as highly in the draft as um, as was originally for possible for the kid. I think he's I think he's a th- earliest third, more likely six or seven. But I think I think he's a guy you take a flyer on because you know he's going to be a great character guy. He's going to be in there. You know all the things. You know you're looking check boxes. Another guy that I liked and we played against him last year, Ali. And, you know, it depends on who you talk to. And, you know, he's not a big, big guy. But uh, Viliami Fahoku at San Jose State, I think he's a really good pass rusher. His defensive line coach at San Jose State, Joe Sayamalo, is Isaac Sayamalo's father. And I coached Joe in the pros. He was a defensive lineman. He really swears by the kid. And Joe has produced a bunch of them. And he played it himself as a pro, so uh, that's a guy to put on your. If you're a, if you're looking for an edge rounds five to seven, there's a guy that I would say draft him, and I think you'll be proud to, to have him on your football team. Yeah, we um, we were lucky enough to work hand in hand with the East West Shrine Bowl this season, and um, the the guys there, Eric Galco and his team of scouts at the Shrine Bowl, very big fans of of Junior Fahoko, as he's affectionately referred to. But he's a, you mentioned his an interesting build 63276 is so he's not he's not a tall guy but he's also not a slender guy um interesting build but he's you know he's he's a pretty explosive twitchy pass rusher for his size um and he brings a lot of um a lot of pass rush tools to the table as well which again you yeah. know we talked about guys who are coming into the NFL draft process who need refinement at the position there's no real refinement necessary in his game um, and I think, like you say, he's, he's a guy that you could take a flyer in, in the third round and be really happy with the um, the results and the the ultimate production that you get from him as a pass rush specialist. Yeah, because you know we we played against him and you know we're we're behind most of the game and trying to throw it at the end to win the game. And whenever he had to make a play, when somebody had to step up and make a play, get to the quarterback, the kid would the kid got it done. And we had some good offensive linemen guys that are going to probably be late round or free agent guys. So I, I think that's a guy you got to look at. Great group, great evaluations. All right. Love it. Mikey, what do you got for us? I have absolutely nothing, Jeff, apart from the fact that this is going to be out in the podcast. And we've also got another position of podcast coming out. And I love your dog so much. Um, that scared the bejesus out of me. And it was it was amazing content, Jeff. Amazing content. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you'll use that against me. I, I know that for dang sure. How many more days until the people's draft? That's a very good question. I, I got a B in GCSE, Maz. Ollie, what, did, did you get an A? Or, like, what's the crack? No, six, I did five? not get an A. I did not get an A. Uh, let's call it, should we go with six? Feels like six is the, the right number. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. You, what do you got, 12 picks already made? 12 picks already made. We're also Any, locked in for choice. I don't, I don't want names. I don't want names, but what do you think? Any surprises, anything, any long shots? I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away. So hey, I had a comment today, and I want to I want to address this on the show because it's timely. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about Jalen Hurts' big money contract. Here right? comes the money. No. And I, I'm gonna tell you something. I I'm a fan of it. Number one, I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts. But number two, I'm a fan of players that work. Players that pay the price. Players that prepare. Players that lead. Players that want to be on the field. Players that love the process of being a professional football player. And that's Jalen Hurts to the max. And so when Howie Rossman sees that and then 
when the kid has a year, he doesn't wait, he doesn't put it off, he don't he attacks it. And when you do it that way, you create Bill Polian said this to me. His number one job was the GM, and he was the GM of four of those Buffalo teams that went to the Super Bowl. He knows how to build a football team. When you are the GM, your number one responsibility is to create, he called it economic, and read my lips now, economic harmony in the locker room. So if you are the best player, if you are the face of the franchise, and you are a good guy who does it the right way, pay that guy. The knuckleheads, make them work for their money. And I think it's a great, great signing by the Eagles. The, t- the timing of it is great as well, if you think about it, because he, mm. they've, they've essentially set the market now for some of the bigger name quarterbacks to come. You know, the, the Miami Dolphins have exercised the fifth-year option on Tua Tonga Valaiwa. The Los Angeles Chargers have got Justin Herbert to to sort contract there since Cincinnati Bengals. There's there's a lot of big... And remember, Lamar's his own, Lamar's his own agent. He, he read the paper today, too. Yeah, well, I was going to get. I was getting to Lamar Jackson. This, so this, there's the whole pool of quarterbacks who the Philadelphia Eagles now are. They're in charge of their own destiny. They're not paying Jalen Hurts based on what everyone else is paying their guys. They've kind of they've set the market now going forward. It's really interesting the timing, and it's a great move for them, like you say, from a, a team building and a team harmony perspective. I think just to add to that, I mean, you're you, you both spot on. In an off-season where the Eagles have lost a few players and there's been question marks around the way that certain coordinators approach the Super Bowl, how they're going to improve and their defense going into the next season, um, you got you got to tip your hat off to how to get for, for getting the deal done. I'm really intrigued to see um, down the stretch, obviously not, not very soon, but down the stretch, um, what happens with Justin Herbert because you know this window now with the Chargers is starting to close a little bit in terms of the free or in terms of the cap space movement they have before they have to pay him uh, and if I'm Lamar Jackson just as you said Jeff um, I'm laughing all the way to the bank it's like that meme better give me my money like that's, hey, you know, that's what it is like. you're Eric DaCosta let's put it down the other foot like you're <laughs> Eric DaCosta you think you pull off one last week by signing OBJ and that's you know That'll be enticement to get Lamar in, right? And then all of a sudden, the Eagles hit you with a $179 million headache. I mean, that's that's why those guys, the GMs, deserve every penny they make. Fair play to them. Um, We've got another podcast coming out this week. Jeff is back. Uh, and Ollie as well. Thanks very much, Ollie. Pro Football Network. Please follow Ollie on social. Put it in the comments as well. we're back Sunday night, 7 o'clock, People's Draft. And then Jeff is flying over with Ollie to Dublin next Friday for our party. That's the plan. Yeah? Is that, is that happening? Is, is that, Let's is, do it. Let's do it. You pay, you pay my flight on that. <laughs> okay. Go on. Happy as Jeff. Say, say goodbye. Mahalo. Yeah? Go for it. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs>